0: And we, we are seeing the result of that. So uh, I, I told you that when I started that experiment in early 2021, in the quarter one, uh, retention rate was uh, around 40%. But right now you can see that among the chronic patients, our month one retention rate is uh, 84%. So that number has gone very high and uh, we are even trying to break that to like more than 90%. So. That, that, that is one of the metrics that matters to us. And we, we believe that is the most important metric to figure out if we have a product market fit or not.
1: I think uh, the other questions around your revenue and all the things that most investors are going to talk around, one thing that I took a note of as well was that your revenue is growing, which is always good. So you're now at around three and a half million in annualized revenue um, uh no
0: right now we are uh, we just did 1 million annualized uh, gmv last
1: month okay yeah sorry that's right it was 1 million uh, but i've noticed that the trend as well is that your that your margins are growing in line with gmv yeah. so if we'd have talked to you maybe this time last year you would have been talking about your margins being quite low in in the single I digits think, and now i think you're in double yeah. digits now
0: we are um, close to double, close to double digit, yeah. So this, uh, the exact amount is from uh, last year, from 12 months ago, the margin is uh, almost double actually, it, it actually doubled uh, now. And we are talking with all these our suppliers and manufacturers. And this is actually proportional to the GMP amount we get. So how this industry works is they have this segmented margin or the margin based on the slots. So if you hit this amount of GMP per month for, for that particular pharmaceutical or for that particular manufacturer, you get a, sp- a reward point of another 2% or another incentive of 5% after you hit this amount. So uh, it is ex- exactly proportional to the GMP number, the margin, and we-, we are seeing this trend. Every quarter, we are uh, improving our average margin uh, by roughly five to ten percent every quarter. And the, still, the numbers, the absolute numbers, are very small compared to the uh, like market opportunity because we have not raised any significant amount of money before that. Before finding product market fit, we have been uh, raising a significant amount of money since like last two months. Now you will actually grow even faster, and with this growth, uh, the margin will grow as well. So we still okay. have an opportunity to grow our margin, double our margin uh, by uh, next 18 months.
1: So the, the, the question that I was going to ask is, you're always positioning the fact that you can deliver quickly, but that means that you're going to have to create depots or repositories in different parts of Dakar, different parts of Chatogram. Isn't that going to increase your cost and then impact your margin?
0: So, uh, for outside Dhaka, all, all the cities, we don't need multiple uh, hubs. But in Dhaka, we actually plan to just four hubs, because Dhaka is one of the, uh, I think, most uh, densely populated cities in the whole world. So, this gives us this density dividend. So, we don't have to set up a lot of hubs, we can create uh, hubs in just four strategic locations and as our algorithm I, I mentioned that our algorithm the insulation inventory uh, ordering algorithm that allow us to operate with very little inventory the most optimized inventory that is uh, needed and we don't even hold an inventory for more than three days so for every medicine we only order order for uh, maximum three to four days we don't uh, hold an inventory longer than that so that's what allow us to optimize that and minimize the number of number of inventories we hold. So for example, what a standard pharmacy chain will hold in inventory in the traditional model or manual model, our inventory is one fifth of that. So that's why with the cost of one of their large warehouse or pharmacy, we can build actually five different hubs with the same cost. And creating these four hubs will cost only hundred thousand, hundred and ten thousand dollars, which is very much doable for us. And it will it will actually minimize the delivery time uh, from twenty four hours to actually less than six hours, four to six. The customer experience will be much more higher. And right now, we'll also another metric that we track, though it is not our primary metric, but it is one of the secondary metrics that we track, is the cancellation rate or the fulfillment rate. So if we get 100 orders, and it is the case for all the other online pharmacists, there are some people, some order that gets canceled because of maybe delivery time, maybe they actually need it within four hours or five hours before their dinner meal. So here's an interesting thing about medicine delivery. It's not like food or grocery delivery so that we, we don't have to be this quick commerce random. We don't need to deliver within 30 minutes because medicine for this chronic patients are only taken with meal So it's either lunchtime or dinner time. It's not somewhere in between, maybe in 5 p.m. you would want it, or maybe in 12 uh, p.m. you would want it. You would either need it on lunchtime or dinner time. So what we want to do is instead of uh, tracking the delivery time, we want to make sure that if you order in the morning, you get it by lunchtime. And if you order after lunchtime, you get it by dinner time. We don't have to deliver in between. So only two shifts if we can ensure that everyone from any part of the city can get it either on these two slots, then we are fine. We don't need to over optimize that. That's why our unit economics is much better than all the on-demand delivery service. They have all these negative gross margins, but we have actually a very uh, good positive gross margin even at this point, uh, though we are not optimized yet. But still we have a very good positive gross margin.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's really good. And again, it just shows how you understand your clientele what they need, what their challenges are. And again, with with the AI tech that you've mentioned, the fact that you're optimizing for three days of inventory, I think that's impressive. I mean, that is genuinely impressive. I think there's a lot of um, supermarkets and, uh, uh, and retail outfits that would really kill for having that level of inventory optimization because it reduces your cost. You don't need as much working capital and um, so you're super efficient around that so for me I, I think that's really impressive in terms of the the other metrics that you're you're looking at w- whichever real metrics that matter that y- you may not have mentioned already
0: the primary metric that we uh, track is obviously the gmp number number uh, two is the net revenue the margin we can keep from GMP. Uh, that gmp and that also track that if it is growing every month and the number three is number of orders The number four is the retention rate, Mo- both month one retention rate and both month six retention. Rate. So both are important for us uh, because month one retention rate is saying us that people actually need this service repeatedly, but month six is actually telling us that we are being able to serve them in the right way. So they are keeping with us uh, for six months. They're not going to any competitors or they're not going to any other platforms. So that is one thing and uh, number, the number six is we track customer acquisition cost and the payback period also and uh, number seven is the delivery time the average delivery time if we can actually uh, deliver that oh well, the number eight is fulfillment rate that i just uh, said that how much orders are getting how many orders are uh, getting canceled and how many orders are getting fulfilled even like six months of ago our fulfillment rate was around 80 percent the so 20% of the orders were getting cancelled for different different reasons maybe something was not in our inventory maybe some uh, medicine someone wants it faster so for all these reasons some uh, orders were getting cancelled right now our fulfillment rate is close to 91% so now 9% order uh, orders are still getting cancelled so our goal is to even uh, reduce that as well and the last one we track is the active users the monthly active users, and also eventually we want to get this to weekly active users. So that is also in our product roadmap. So because right now the two services we have, the online pharmacy and doctor consultation, both are paid services. So the patients have to pay money to avail one of these services, and that's why this is only beneficial when you are. It uh, will only open this app when you are actually in need of something, maybe doctor consultation or. Uh, but what we now want to do, introduce is found services that are free for the users, but they will actually get value out of it. For example, in Bangladesh, the doctor to patient ratio is very bad. Like we have 10 doctors for, uh, uh, I think less than 10 doctors for every 10,000 10, patients. I think six doctors per 10,000 patients or something like that. So what what the doctors do especially the specialists the endocrinologists the uh, the cardiologists and the nephrologists they cannot spend enough time to the patients they, can, they just write the prescription but after that they don't have the time to explain the prescription to the patient so they cannot uh, explain how they have to take care of themselves. So for example, if you are a newly diabetic patient, you, uh, you need to control your diet, you need to do exercise, you need to track your uh, blood sugar level. But these specialist doctors, they don't have time to explain all of this to you. And maybe they will explain it within 30 seconds and you, as a patient, you will not get any of it. So that's why we are now uh, partnering with all these doctors to create Netflix kind of video series for these patients. So this is diabetes series of 20 videos how you should take care of yourself and uh, maybe whenever you are in doubt, it will just search for your, and we are also, this is in our research and development stage, a catbot kind of feature where you will just type in your, uh, what problems you're facing and it will suggest the relevant contents for, for you maybe also suggest next step for you. What what is the, uh, do a triage. This is in medical uh, term, it's called triage. So based on your symptoms, based on how you're feeling, based on your, maybe if you have any kind of lab test report or anything. So based on this, uh, it will decide whether you need to just watch a content or this is actually a severe case and you need to actually consult with a doctor or this is an emergency case, you need to call the emergency service like 911 or something like that. So uh, we're also working on these kind of services where patients will get value without spending anything. Okay. I mean- And this will uh, help not... with us, the, the activation rate. Like we track yeah. the customer journey into five uh, steps, basically the classic the acquisition, activation, and revenue retention and referral stage. So we are seeing one thing is our acquisition to activation ratio actually is not that great. So the people who are activated, who interacted with the app, who maybe uh, hmm. entered their personal data, uh, they go to revenue stage. So they become our paying customer. But uh, the people who sign up in the app, not most of them are actually activating. They're not giving out data. They're not interacting with the app for a certain period of time to go to the next stage. That's why we are focusing on this stage. So we have nailed the revenue to retention stage. Now we want to nail the acquisition to activation stage and also the retention to referral stage. We want to uh, optimize those two.
1: Good, okay, that, that sounds like a real plan. That kind of leads me on to the, the other questions that I had around the other services that you have, because if I look on your website, it shows that you've got, you know, feminine hygiene products in there as well, which don't necessarily require, you know, prescription or anything like that. So it's just like a marketplace for buying certain types of products that you might find in a pharmacy, but doesn't require any, any prescription from a doctor. Are you finding those types of services in demand, or is that just there for, you know, for show?
0: There are some uh, products that our customers are, again, so we are always a customer-led thinkers. We don't push anything on customers. When a customer actually demands for, so our, we have a list of things where we have a platform where our customer support executive gets messages from these customers that I, I need this, but I cannot find all these things. And they, they have a request button where these patients can actually request for a product that they need, but that is not in the database. That is not in the yeah. app. And every week, I think we are getting requests for like five, 10 different products from the uh, patients. may may it be uh, medicine, it may be some kind of over-the-counter products. And after the month, we have this meeting with our operations team. They summarize everything and they count the frequency. So how many customers has requested for this particular product? So we only choose the top frequently requested products and then add it to the database and add it to the inventory. So that's how actually we are seeing that though most of our customers are male users, but actually almost 70% of our female users are ordering some kind of female hygiene product with their I mean they are also chronic patients but along with their they they not only just need the insulin they also need the sanitary napkin so that's why instead of why should they uh, go outside again to buy this only uh, one thing that's why they are requesting us to keep one of their uh, brand of choice that they use so that's why we integrated all of these things by uh, getting requests from this And we are seeing a value addition
1: and a growth in the basket size because of this. Okay. I mean, and and that's really interesting. Again, it's classic textbook. Supermarkets do this all the time. They kind of lead you in with one thing, but then they they also know the buying behavior of their customers. And and because of that, the basket increases. The other thing that I noticed as well, which I saw on your website, was that you've got lab tests in there as well. Are you seeing a growth in that area? And uh, are you we got strategic partnerships in place for that?
0: Yeah. So, uh, as most of our customers are actually uh, chronic patients, so medicine is the most frequent thing that they uh, need on a daily basis. But then, second uh, most frequent things they need to do is doing the lab tests and track their health records for their follow up consultation with the doctors maybe after three months, four months. But they need to track their uh, like diabetes, they need to measure their blood pressure. They also need to do some tests like CBC and uh, the cholesterol level. Before every uh, doctor consultation, we got requests for this, uh, from these patients that if we can facilitate any of these uh, things to them. Uh, then actually, uh, we thought that we will not do this by ourselves. So what we are doing now is we have signed an MOU, now Memorandum of Understanding, with uh, another startup in Bangladesh, another health tech startup in Bangladesh called Amar Lab, who are actually doing this whole full stack thing. Just like we are doing this full stack medicine delivery, we are controlling everything. They are doing this for the lab tests. So through their platform, they have all these partnerships with, I think, close to 10 hospitals and diagnostic centers in Bangladesh, from where the patient has the freedom to choose their their choice of hospital and get their lab tests done from them. And our Lab representative will go there and pick their blood and take their urine and uh, get it to the lab. And they will share this digital lab report with us and uh, we are connected through an API and we will show in, uh, into our app. In our EHR system, our health record system, uh, that report is uh, stored forever for this patient. So uh, even if they lose the paper-based health records, the health records is stored in the medicine So That's why we believe this is a very good strategic partnership. And we have piloted for like uh, 30 days with AmarLab uh, in the first phase, and we have seen a good amount of demand. Even in the first 30 days, I think we have done uh, close to 2020 or something uh, like lab desks in the first 30 days. And now we want to make it official and integrate into our production app so that all of our users can actually so we
1: are in a way to do that. That's good to know. Uh, at least we know that it, your product scope is increasing, but focused around your particular focused demographic of customers. And uh, and that all the, also means that your re- revenue is going to increase um, and your margins should also increase as well through that. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
2: You also mentioned about how MedEasy is now powering the online pharmacy feature for a number of the uh, doctor consultation players in, uh, in Bangladesh. I think that yes. was another interesting uh, partnership that you have lined up. Yes. So
0: as I've already mentioned that we are uh, looking into different ways to minimize the customer acquisition cost by uh, making this strategic partnership to reduce the customer acquisition cost where their user base become our uh, user as well. So uh, what we're doing is I already had this relationship from talking to all these four or five telemedicine players when I was uh, also their competitor. So now I I reached out to them and our team reached out to them and in some cases they reached out to us that they need a medicine delivery partner when they have this digital prescription who will actually deliver this medicine to their patients. So then we partnered with, I think uh, we now have three or four telemedicine companies as our partner, where we are the back-end medicine delivery provider for them. And they, uh, also our brand name is there they, uh, that said uh, that this uh, this medicine delivery is powered by Medicine. So we are also pushing our brand to their users as well. And uh, they get an invoice, which is uh, co-branded. So uh, in the invoice, it says their logo and the Medicine's logo that this is a co-branded product for them. That that is one thing. And we are also, uh, we have recently partnered with another health insurance provider. uh, And uh, we have signed the MOU, we will go into action soon. So what this partnership says that they have around 20,000 policyholders uh, of their health insurance. And we want uh, Medizy to become uh, the official medicine delivery partner of them so that their policyholders get medicine delivery at a discounted price as a benefit of their policy. Uh, the health insurance policy. So that is one thing we are also exploring. If this works out well, if we get enough uh, traction from them, then we will also partner up with other health insurance programs.
2: Yeah, I think that'd be a really interesting uh, way and a very uh, great way to really scale up. I'm just curious to know, you mentioned the 30 million chronic patients in Bangladesh. I was just curious to know, how are they spread across the country? Like how many are there in like Dhaka? right you have so, a number.
0: yeah uh, the, the exact number is very difficult to get because the uh, bangladesh health ministry and health information is not very like sophisticated uh maybe like uh, singapore or other developed countries but still we have a rough idea from different research organizations ngos and government data so the distribution is uh, like this so there are two kind of distribution one is geographical and one is like by disease so by disease if you see there are around 10 million Known diabetic case and there are some other people who doesn't even know that they have that okay and around uh actually 12 to up to 15 million patients have hypertension mostly high blood pressure and another five million has cardiac problems three to four million have kidney kidney diseases it's called chronic kidney disease ckd and there are other uh, patients like around two three four million who has chronic pulmonary diseases like the diseases of the lungs, like asthma, COPD, and these kind of stuff, and also there are some around one million plus cancer patients, and there are obviously some overlap there, like the patient who has hypertension, he also have diabetes. There are yeah. some overlap. Okay. So well, taking all these things that are in consideration, the number is obviously more than 30 million. And according to the data, it is going according to like uh, World Health Organization and other uh, partners, other developing partners, this number is increasing as Bangladesh is growing it economically. This is a evil pattern that the, the countries that grow economically, the GDP per capita increases. The same, uh, the problem with uh, obesity, the problem with cholesterol, the problem with chronic diseases actually increase. So once upon a time, uh, like 40 years ago, most of the patients who died in the ICU in hospitals were from some kind of infectious disease. in in the 90s, in the 80s, and in the 90s. Now the mortality rate among the patients uh, in hospitals are actually mostly from the non-communicable diseases, diabetes, hypertension, and cardiac disease. So these are responsible for like almost 70 percent, and this number is growing actually every year. and so that's one thing and in terms of geographic representation as we mentioned that uh, the, still the villages and the rural areas are mostly agriculture focused in Bangladesh so they are very hardworking people the farmers and they, so they have almost all of them have their cholesterol in control so they, they are not very diabetic prone and these kind of stuff the pe- but the people who live in large cities who are like desk workers like uh, myself and you. So we are more prone to having cholesterol built up in blood and have a an heart attack and have these diabetes. This is an, uh, this is a guesstimate, but uh, uh, more than actually, uh, around 50% of these 30 million patients are based on large cities like Dhaka, Chorto, Galsi, and this. Yeah, I and mean, that's
2: what i get at, right? Like if the, the opportunity is, very present in in Dhaka, and that's what uh, you can really uh, maximize on. So let's move on to the fundraising uh, bit of things. Like, what are you fundraising uh, right now, and how much have you raised so far?
0: We initially in 2021 uh, we raised around 60 70 thousand dollars in our like pre seed round within Bangladesh, and we have also received a grant from the ICT Ministry, the Information and Communication Technology Ministry of Bangladesh also uh, to, do, to do this work and uh, after that we use that money just to find this product market feed and making a product that people want and after that uh, like two months or three months ago we actually started raising our first serious round which is the $750,000 uh, seed round of which of this round we have already got commitment for uh, more than 35% of it and so yeah the rest of the uh, Round is still open, and we are taking investment uh, at this. Point. And,
2: and what is the current valuation again?
0: So uh currently, we are raising uh, with a safe note at a uh, three million dollar valuation cap with 20 percent discount right now, and uh, this is getting updated every month because we are growing every month and this.
2: And um, what's of interest to most angel investors is what is the uh, potential exit or return, right? So. Okay.
0: So yeah, so again, I have an hypothesis about this. Uh, so uh, at this stage, so if you look at the developed markets, also even some, some developing markets that has seen a very good investor interest like in India. So as there are a lot of supply of investment, so the uh, price has gone up. So the valuation is, uh, the early stage companies are also very costly. But the upside of these markets like Bangladesh and other similar markets is that in the early stage, uh, there are uh, uh, not a lot of global investors, only the local uh, investors and for some investors. You can get a significant share for a uh, comparatively uh, lower amount of money at these days, But once this company grows up and it picks up international investors like Sequoia, Valor, and all the other large businesses in Bangladesh, but at these days, it is a plus. Uh, at that time, the valuation goes up and you have a real opportunity to actually uh, get a quite handsome exit within even three years of the syndrome. So I would say this is a very good opportunity for the angel investors to come, uh, this is the right time to come in.
1: (laughs) If if angels want to get in touch with you, is it through your uh, email address? Could you just share that again?
0: So uh, my email address is rafin at the rate of medizy.health. So uh, A R E F I N R A F I N at med dot which is our website. So this is the email address to uh, reach out to me. Also, I have uh, I'm active in LinkedIn, so if you can you can just search in Zaman in LinkedIn and you can knock me there as well. And uh, so I yeah I think this is the uh, best way to reach out to me. And we are actively raising, so if you're interested to join this round, you're welcome.
1: So just just to recap, it's seven hundred fifty thousand. 000- uh, dollar raise, you, you've you raised 35% already, so that's about $260,000 you have got commitments yeah. on. Yeah.
0: We already got oh. commitment and we already are getting a soft commitment for another maybe $150,000, but I have not included that in that commitment.
1: Okay. so it's... And
0: Accelerating Asia, uh, which is a BC accelerator based in Singapore, uh, they are actually leading this round.
1: Okay. So um, Accelerating Asia is a lead investor so you technically you're at around you're halfway through your fundraising round you you've raised about yeah. 50 then including the soft commitments that you've got yeah. okay good to know
0: and we're also in talk with some early stage VC's as well in Bangladesh also so yeah maybe if they're interested then they may uh, fill up the rest of the round and uh, if preferred that, we also can incorporate maybe two, three angels.
1: Great. Okay.
2: So thank you so much, Arafin, for sharing with us your journey with made easy so far.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Razi and Osman, for inviting me um, uh, here. And it
1: was, it was a pleasure to meet you. I really appreciate the time as well. It's uh, really been informative.
2: So you've heard from Arifin, uh, the CEO and the co-founder of uh, MedEasy, on the exciting work that he's doing building up an online pharmacy in Bangladesh. We've heard his journey, how he got started. We've seen his impressive numbers, how his margins have been doubling, how he has a really impressive retention rate of 84%. And you've heard from him that he's fundraising. So if you find this to be an interesting opportunity, please do get in touch with uh, Arifin. And if you like this episode, please uh, comment, subscribe, and hit that like button. And if you have any other questions that you'd like us to ask the future founders that we interview, please do leave a comment down below as well. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you. Bye.